This is Kyle McCord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the Debbie Debate. Welcome to the Debbie Debate. All right, boys. Are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back tonight. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Who jumped up and... That's Austin Nate. Who is going to be that guy? And for me, Bijan Robinson is still going to be that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but I'm... I'm Felix Sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. For screener draw. Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the end zone. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time it's Fields on the carry. Watch out! Justin Fields! Hello, Columbus! 51 yards! Vernon, are you ready to go head-to-head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. I got it. Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Um, well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. Uh, our apologies for her street and Atlanta's time. We'll get to reschedule soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin A, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. It's 9.30 Eastern time, the only time zone in our tier zero. That means it's time for Debbie Debate, brought to you by CampusDeCanton.com. Matt Bruning, Austin Nace, both here with you. Chris Moxley's at Disney on ice, and Felix has daddy duty, so you're stuck with just the two of us on an ad-lib version of tonight's show. What can we take away from this year's NFL draft? What should we consider a hit when we're talking Debbie? And the biggest winners and losers from spring practices. But we start, well... We start with this. Felix gave us a ton of stuff to talk about that we always talk about. So it's to talk Colorado. So it's to talk Zach Wilson somehow. I I don't know what tonight's show is supposed to be originally, but Felix is not here. So you know what? That's me tearing up the script for tonight's show. Matt. Let's talk about our Debbie guide that came out this week. How's that? We are the Debbie debate, the premier Debbie show here at campus to Canton. And for those not aware, we released our second annual Debbie guide on May 1st, 247 player profiles, all sorts of advanced stats, tape notes, rankings, tiers, my guys, pretty much anything you could want in a guide. We've got it for you over at campus to Canton select memberships, get it with, their membership, and then it's $20 if you're looking to purchase it. Matt, what's something you're taking away from this year's Debbie guide that uh, that, that you were an integral part of creating? Oh, how much fun it's going to be shitting on Mike next year when his Island of Misfit toys all fail. That's that's the most part I'm taking away from this. No, uh, 
my favorite part, I, I feel like I said this last year, but it, it really is true. And we added Dwight to the process this year. So we added even another voice into it. it it's just getting on these calls and listening to all of you guys. Because I truly believe that, you know, you could put our team up against anybody, not just in the fantasy space, in the college space. And we could go toe-to-toe with anybody. I, I truly believe that with the team that we've put together, Corey is a great lead. Mike, I mean, him and Corey alone have great chemistry. They're trying to become the premier pot, uh, Debbie pot on this can, uh, this network. It's not going to work, but they're trying. Uh, but they do have great chemistry. It's a great show. Mike is extremely smart, and I think he gets kind of, because of his, I don't want to say joking behavior, because he, he does have a, he does bring a, a few really good one-liners here and there. Like I think he gets overlooked sometimes with how smart that he is, and, and the, his player evaluations are really good. Again, Dwight's been doing this, I don't want to say forever because he's not like old, but like he's been an original guy in the Debbie space since I think Twitter came around and, and he's a guy everybody's looked to. So getting to listen to his stuff and then obviously Colin and you as well. Like it, for me, that's the best part is going through and reading the players that you guys have wrote up that maybe I don't like and seeing you guys say certain things about him. Like, well, what am I wrong about making me go back and reevaluate guys and listen to you guys on the calls? I love the debates and I'm telling you guys, you need to become an NIL member to listen to those. I wish I could have stayed for the whole quarterback one. Cause I disagreed so much with some of the things you, you guys said, but I unfortunately had to go that Friday night. But yeah, that, that is honestly my favorite part is just kind of getting together with everybody and going over these player evaluations and ranking them and debating. them. Yeah. It's really tough. You know, once, um, you know, campus, we, we, are, we are both, owners of campus we have lots of responsibilities that center around campus to Canton as you can bask both of our families our lovely wives and you know whoever else and so I I I have less time now than I used to and I, even if I had all the time in the world I still don't think I could watch all 247 of the players that are in this guide individually every single offseason to see who's grown, you know, who, who hasn't progressed. To, he looks like he didn't come back from his injury. You, you, you just don't have time to do all of these things now. So I think it's great that we had you know, the six of us this year, and you gave them all shout-outs there. Corey Pereira, Mike Valery, Dwight Peebles uh, helped with the writing there. And then, of course, uh, Hannah, Hannah Page, who is yeah. amazing with the, uh, the you know design and everything, put together uh, how the guide looks. And then Jarek. Bacchus data whiz helped with the uh, we have some year one zero stuff and some data viz things uh, in, in the guide as well. So just getting more sets of eyes on things and having them people that I trust tell me things on a player. I think the fun part about selecting some of the players we like we we figure out who kind of has to go in the guide and then you can add and subtract names to the list and, and you know you kind of organize it from there. You have to write players that you don't particularly yeah. love. It's just the nature of writing a 250-player document. I mean, you're going to get a handful of players. Like, I, I wrote up Marvin Harrison Jr. Obviously, I think he's very good. I wrote up Brock Bowers. Oh. The way but, you transitioned to that, I thought you were going to say you did not like Marvin Harrison oh, Jr. No, I, I love love both. And I had to write up guys. Um, like, I, I wrote up Byron Cardwell this year. And I came away just, like, extremely unimpressed with Byron Cardwell. Running back at UCL or Cal. Formerly, yeah. uh, no, UCLA, no, Cal, 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 yeah, too many California schools. I came away really unimpressed, but you still have to write the profile in a somewhat positive way. So I think the challenge there that is fun is kind of writing and being honest, but still 
um, presenting a positive spin on a player, or at least not a completely negative spin. Mike, Mike has not quite mastered that skill, but I think by next year, you'll have that down. We Let's do have tweaking on his at the end because he'll, uh, he'll, he'll tell it like it is, and we're like, well, you got to be a little optimistic. Yeah. So I think that part is the part that I always really like. You know, th th those are kind of the two things. We do have some questions here. Shane asks, how long ago did Gio record the – QB rankings, I don't know, a week ago? Uh, Yeah, last Friday. I think it was before the Alabama spring game. Yeah, it was so, directly before it, the day before. Yeah. So last Friday. Yeah. And Luke asked, what about Tyler Buckner? And I did. I, I think I've said this already on at least one show. Though my least favorite profile that I had right in the whole guide. He hasn't done anything. Yeah. <laughs> How am I supposed to? At least, like, for Andre Green, I think I wrote his. And I was like, here's what we wrote about him in last year's freshman supplemental guide. Like, there's nothing to nothing talk changed. about with Tyler yeah. Buckner. There's nothing. Um, so you noted he went to Alabama now. So, um, yeah, I, I thought it was a really good process this year. This year, really enjoyed it. Um, I'm glad it's done. I'm sure you're glad so, it's done too. Yeah. It's always it's always fun to start it, but then as we start getting like further into it, and you know the deadline's coming up, and you're pressing to get everything done. You know, it it definitely. It's one of those things where this is the first time we joked in the Slack about this. Like I, I've actually I haven't done anything. I, the past couple of days I, I took off. I was like, you know, no, no, I'm relaxing after all that work. I, I do have a question for you because there's, mm -hmm. there's one player for me. Is there like a glaring omission now that you've had a chance that it's finally done? Like we felt like we did a really great job of getting all these players and get 274. You know, Colin wanted us to get to 250. I feel like we probably should have done 248 for me. There's one that I feel like we really missed on who Michael Pratt. I was, that was going to be my answer too. Yeah. I don't know how we missed him because he's. I, don't I think he's, he's high like in QB nineteen or something. For yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know how we how we missed him. Yeah, I blame Mike because Mike put the list together early in the off season, so that's why I just I, you know I, I gave him all those compliments, but now I got to throw him under the bus. It's it's all his fault. But yeah, he's he's the one. I'm going to be honest. Like I didn't even think about it either. I, I was listening to the QB Collective episode this morning, and uh, and they started talking about. It. I'm like, oh my god, how how did we forget to put Michael Pratt in the guys? They even talked about ranking him, and then we never caught it never wrote him up. So yeah, that that's definitely a big miss on our part. Yeah. I would say that, um, that we'll write him up and then reissue, but now <laughs> there are enough out there that that's going to be a really big pain in the butt. Yeah, for Colin. Um, so yeah, for Colin. So we'll, uh, maybe we'll, 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 uh, we'll pass on that. It is really hard. I mean, and just so everybody knows, like we're talking about kind of, you know, the business of, of campus to can and what we do, Matt and I, and Colin to a lesser extent, are the two that write for the freshman supplemental guide yeah. and the Debbie guide. And we do a lot of the putting the guide together yeah. when we have all the pieces as well. So we've been writing a guide basically nonstop since what the middle of December. Yeah, pretty much. So about five and a half, uh, six months. So, I mean, that, like we forgot Michael Pratt and you can say, how could you forget Michael Pratt? You get to the end of this thing and you're really just like, I it's like, it's like, you know, you, you finish a semester at school and you're like, this final is not perfect. And I think the, the guide is very, very good. Like we, not even like typos really in it. Like we went through this thing with a fine tooth cone, but we forgot Michael Pratt. That was our typo this year. So yeah. I'm sorry, but I think, I, I still think uh, I would still highly recommend checking it out if you haven't already. All right. So enough patting ourselves on the back. And again, you can find that Debbie guide at campusdecanton.com. Let's talk about the NFL draft because that did happen this past week. And you and I and, and yeah. Felix were all over on, on better sports. And we were on our, our draft coverage and, and all over the place covering the first couple of days of the draft. 
It was, I mean, I don't know that there were a lot of surprises for the fantasy dynasty Debbie folks once we yeah. kind of got here. You know, I don't know that there was really a big slide this year. Boutte, Booty, I think he goes by. Yeah, he goes so, by Booty, apparently, yeah. which uh, makes sense now, but. I guess, yeah. He, he, that's the only one that really, I think, sticks out in Sean Tucker, but there were some extenuating circumstances there that we can talk about. But, you know, it, fairly chalky overall. I mean, is there anything that you think that we kind of missed overall with some of these players it's always tough because especially for us we're doing this three four years out sometimes no i mean maybe maybe we were a little bit slow to adjust to Kayshawn. um but i do think some of that too had to have been the injury i mean coming into the season at least i, I i'll just speak for myself i know i still had him as my wide receiver one over jsn and I didn't really change that till late in the process. And JSN wasn't playing either. And I still didn't drop him that far. I didn't expect him to go, what did he go? Sixth round, fifth round? Mm -hmm. Like he, sixth, yeah. Even with the bad testing, I, I didn't expect him to go that late. Uh, but I, I feel like we were kind of, and maybe Zach Evans. I know we uh, here at the company, like we don't love him, but we do like him. We thought that he was a good player. And I do think some of the narratives around him have been a little bit overblown. But, I mean, I think we were kind of on Sean Tucker for the past year and a half, saying even though he was, you know, an incredibly fast player, like we didn't think he was going to get the draft capital. We we all said that the only reason we thought Will Levis would go in the first round is because the NFL kept saying it, but none of us thought he was going to be that. None of us were on Hendon Hooker. So it's really just Boutte for me. And, and I'm, I, I still don't know how much blame we should take on that because, again, it, it just kind of – I really think it was the injury and, and then the – if you want to say maybe the quote unquote sex parties that forced him to go to the NFL because he did want to go Qu back to quote LSU. unquote. And then you just say what it was. You're supposed to put in like a euphemism oh, in there. Sorry. The quote unquote, unquote off field issues that, there we uh, go. that, you know, we'll go back and edit that later. The quote unquote <laughs> off field issues he had that forced him to go into it because he did want to come back. And it seemed like they kind of pushed him out the door after all that stuff happened. So yeah, booty. I think if he hadn't had the injury and we still don't really know, like, I think, I like for me, people, you know, like, oh, that's canon. Like, it's something that didn't happen in the show or whatever. But like, for me, I, I'm just assuming that it was an Achilles injury, unless I hear otherwise at this point. Like, that's just, that's just, canon. I'm the so, same with you. Yeah. I, I don't know what else it could necessarily be to have sapped him that much for so long. And I think there's still a chance that he can recover. I don't think he was ever a, you know, 41 inch vert. Um, you know, like three or well, I don't know, whatever the a really fast shuttle is. Like, I don't think he was ever like a 98th percentile guy in any of those, the 29 inch vert and whatever else, obviously not ideal, but even like his, his 40 wasn't bad this year. I think it's just kind of the start that, that, that wasn't great for him. So I think, you know, new England is actually a great spot for him because if he fails out of new England, I think we know that he wasn't made for this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got, was it Donta Foreman? It took about three years for him to yeah. kind of really come back and be good. I think the only one off the top of my head that I can think of that came back quickly from an Achilles was Emmanuel Sanders, and he was, only yeah. had the one good year and then kind of fell off after that. So, yeah, I, I actually don't hate for my my dynasty leagues because I, I don't play in many dynasty leagues anymore. Most of my C2C leagues, you're probably not. Maybe you can get Boutte if, if people are fading him. I kind of like that he fell because I feel like so many people now are, are out on him. I'm willing to take like a third round pick on him, maybe even back into the second, because I'm willing to take a bet on if he does bounce back from that, I'm getting 
maybe not that, you know, possible top 10 wide receiver in fantasy. We thought we were getting a couple years ago. I think he could be a consistent wide receiver too, with just what we saw from him from a year and a half before he unfortunately got injured. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I really do too. I think it's, it's, um, it, it's a spot where you yeah, have the depth chart's not great. And I think Belichick's not going to take less than a hundred percent from him. Like, I don't even know. And again, I don't, I don't know him and I don't know anybody at LSU to be able to kind of talk to and get some information like we might have at some other schools. Um, I don't know. I don't even know like how hard he worked in rehab. Like I don't, we don't know. Yeah. But you know, Belichick's going to make him go hundred percent everything, whether it's off season workouts, whether it's practice, whether it's, you know, just being in a locker room, I, he's going to be all over him. So I think if it's meant to be, I think this is a great spot for him. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Tucker was unfortunate. Yeah. That hardened or the supposed cardiac issue is what they're saying. Um, it, it's odd. And I, 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 I talked with um, uh, Nelly about this a little bit. Um, if the NFL doesn't think that, like, it's just odd to me that a team won't spend a sixth round draft pick on you, but they'll sign you as an undrafted free agent as if that makes it better. If he keels over on your practice field yeah. two months from now, like, and especially cause they promised him quite a quite a bit of money, like just as much yeah. or if not more than, so I, my guess was that maybe his agent said nobody take him. I, I'm assuming that's what happened, but I, I don't know but that that he's, he went to a great spot at Tampa. You know, if he's going to make it, I think yeah. that's the perfect spot for him too. What did you think of uh, uh, Keaton Mitchell going undrafted? I'm not surprised. I know he was RB1 for some people, but I, I didn't. I mean, yeah. he's just a fast running back. I think he's still fairly raw. I don't think the vision's there. I, I was not surprised at all. He didn't get signed as a undrafted free agent, did he? He did. Okay. Um, somebody will talk, put in the chat, I'm sure. I don't remember where it is, but he did get signed. Okay. Um, but yeah, that no, wasn't surprising. I think most of the big names did get signed. The one that actually surprises me uh, didn't surprise me that he went undrafted, Mo Ibrahim. Yeah. The thing that does surprise me about him is the spot that he went to. He signed with the Lions, right? Or with the Vikings? I, I honestly have no. The only undrafted free agent I know was, was Tucker. That was the only one that I saw people talking about. Once, I'm going to be honest, once day three got here after the, what felt like, 48 hours straight of covering the NFL draft when Saturday came and I knew I didn't have to be on a stream until late. I, uh, I, I kind of unplugged. I, I was not paying attention. So, so, so he, he did, he signed with the lions, okay. which is where I thought he went. This is an odd signing to me because they already have a couple of backs. They, they took Gibbs in the first round, Jameer yeah. Gibbs, and they already have David Montgomery. Mo Ibrahim can't play special teams. No. So I don't know how he makes this roster. Probably a practice squad guy. Maybe if one of them guys, maybe if a Montgomery gets injured, they call him up. They have to have, I think they have somebody else. On they do roster. have somebody else too. And I yeah, forget who it is. Yeah. So yeah. My, now that I think about, it, I know there's somebody else. So yeah, that would be my guess. Maybe they just wanted to have a guy that they could put on their practice squad and, and be a player that they call up at some point. I'm trying to pull up who the other player was. It is uh, Jamar Jefferson. How could I forget about my guy, Jamar? And that's who it was. Uh, but yeah, he's not necessarily a bruising back either. That would be my guess. Is that he's a big back. Throw him on the practice squad. We'll see what happens there. But yeah, I don't uh I don't uh I don't know what's gonna happen. Was the 2023 class overrated, Matt, as we get through the draft here now, looking at rookie ADP and all these other things? 
guess it depends on what your definition of overrated is. What's I your definition of overrated? I don't think so. I don't know. I, I really don't know what the definition of, of overrated would be. I don't. It depends on what you were looking for. I guess if you were really hoping to get all these elite players, then yeah, it, it's overrated. You're not getting those guys. You're getting maybe three, maybe. I, I don't really know how to value the wide receivers. I, I actually don't hate any of the landing spots, at least for the top, my top three in Addison, Jason, and Johnston. Uh, but I don't know that any of them are going to be elite anytime soon uh, based on where they went. There's a lot of depth here, though, and, and I think that matters for Dynasty League. So I, I don't think that it was overrated because if you look, I mean, a lot can change. It's May 3rd, 2023. By this time next year, though, I don't know that we're talking about that many players that I'm willing to. You're not getting, at least in my opinion, a Kayshawn Boutte in next year's draft in the third round. I, I feel like 2024 is going to be very, very top-heavy with Marvin Harrison, Emeka. You know, if Worthy breaks out, you've got the three running backs. If if we have three or four quarterbacks and, like, and Brock Bowers and Jatavian Sanders, like you're going to have a first round. But I don't know that you're getting, you know, despite what you think Tajay Spears got the draft capital, like you're not getting a Tajay Spears in the second round, in my opinion, next year, at least not right now. I don't, I'm not taking Blake Corum. I know Colin thinks he's going day two. I don't. I think he's going to be a day three guy. So I, I think this class is maybe not what we expected, but I don't think it's overrated, especially because of how many running backs went. Like I know some of them didn't land in great spots, but again, when you came into the last year and you drafted Brees Hall in the first round at probably pick 1-1 in your rookie draft, you weren't expecting him to tear his ACL six, seven weeks into the season. If these guys get hurt, Israel Bonaconda, Kendra Miller, Tajay Spears, like all these guys are going to get shots, and they're all fairly decent backs. So I think you can take a lot of guys in the second round and be happy with it. You're not getting a lot of elite options, but I still think the depth is it. People point to the 2017 NFL uh, draft class with the running backs and kind of hold that up as the gold standard. You know how many of those guys went in the first and second round? Not that many of them. Still a bunch of them went third round, fourth round, fifth round. Guys like Chris Carson, guys like Kareem Hunt, uh, James Conner, uh, uh, Foreman, I believe, was in that class. Aaron Jones went late. Jamal Williams went late. Um, like all. all Eckler was an undrafted free agent in that class. Marlon Mack went late. Like these were all guys that, you know, people kind of point to this class and they say, well, look how good this class was. And this is what 2023 was supposed to be. And it's like, give it a year or two and then we'll revisit and we'll see if we're getting some of the depth out of this class. I, I agree with you. I still think we are. I, I think a lot of these guys landed in perfect spots where if somebody gets hurt, they take over. Otherwise, maybe it's a, it's a year or two here. Uh, I, I see Shane asked about Ty J Spears. I thought Ty J Spears was the most overrated player during this entire draft cycle. So that's why yeah, I don't I, think he takes over for the Titans you. when Henry leaves. Uh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know Mike's exact stat on that, but G five running backs going into the NFL have not been very productive. And, and I just think you're, we've seen this the past couple of years. Who was the last one? It was Darrington Evans. Who was the one before that, that got Hassan Haskins. Like, we keep they keep drafting these running backs and we keep expecting them to take over for Derrick Henry. Like I think Derrick Henry is going to be good for this year, and then they can get out of his contract. So then, like what? Maybe you get Tajay Spirits next year. When I'm assuming if they move on from Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill's not good, then you're going into the Will Levis rebuild era. Why would you want to bet on Tajay Spears in that? Like I just I don't think he's a very good running back. I I don't think the landing spot's good, and I don't think he's beating out Henry. So I, I just don't think you're getting any production from him. The problem with a player like Spears, and it was also a problem with a player like Evans or a player like Kenneth Gainwell, is that these are not 
backs that can handle a full workload. Yeah. At best, you're hoping that he's platooning with another guy. You're hoping that essentially he's getting like the Aaron Jones treatment, who is like the gold standard for this kind of back. And I don't know that Aaron Jones is Aaron Jones without Aaron Rodgers there. So if you yeah. can point me to Tennessee's Aaron Rodgers right now, spoiler alert. It's Will Levis. It's, it's not Will Levis and it's not Malik Willis. Yeah. So uh, which there is something so just perfect about those two being like the, the yeah. guys that are going to fight it out for that job. Just the, the 20. Hey, I said this on our draft stream. The fact that Tennessee was able to get the 2022 QB one and the 2023 QB one on their roster. The depth that they have at quarterback Crazy. is outstanding. Bravo. We were talking about the Steelers and uh, who else won the draft? Uh, I can't remember now. It's, I, the Eagles. I the Eagles. We're talking about, I think the Titans won the draft, getting two QB ones in that QB room. Outstanding. Outstanding job by Tennessee. They low-key did have a nice first round when Skaronsky fell to them, but we're not going to focus yeah, on that. Yeah. Uh, the rest, the rest of it, uh, uh, hit or miss. And they screwed them. it up when they traded up and took Will Levis. I, I think the interesting thing when you're talking about trying to project the class a year or two out, which is basically our job, even three years out, you know, last year going into freshman season, we were saying, if you're looking for running back depth, this class is going to have it. And I think it's so far we're being proven correct yep. there. We're not always going to be right when we, when we do that, but I, I, I generally am going to feel pretty confident about when we, we do a take like that. I think, um, it was correct, but you're looking at some of these classes for a couple years out. You're basically just looking for a bunch of guys that kind of have fuzzy profiles. Cause you know, some of them just aren't going to work out and that's okay. Yeah. But you also know that some of them will. And the hope like this year where a couple of guys come out of some low Debbie ranks and kind of make their themselves known late in the process, like a Ty J Spears, who everyone seems to love that that's what kind of like, even if some of the guys fall off, a couple of the lower guys pop up. So that's, kind of you know people say well not all those guys are going to hit and it's like well yeah not all of them have to hit if we if i've got 18 guys i really like i'll probably feel good about 10 or 11 of them at least coming come draft time i think that's pretty good and i think most classes as i say all the time it's running back driven and it's quarterback driven i think we have you know two of the top five or six backs of the past four or five years in this class we've got three quarterbacks that people feel pretty good about people are sleeping on jsn still as a profile um i was thinking about this the other day our first two shows i believe or two of our first three on this on this debbie debate show when i basically was allowed to get like one line in i said that jsn was the best wide receiver in the draft as uh, of all the freshmen yeah and then i said that Bijan robinson was the best running back in college football when you guys let me talk and i have not even gotten close to those since like i had my two golden moments and that that was it now I'll, I'll never hit those heights again <laughs> Felix wanted us to talk about this, and it's it's the uh, kind of the title of the show. Did you change the title of the show? No, it changes with the it changes with the thing as we go. Oh, down. So now wow. we're talking NFL draft reaction. That's handy. Okay, so because I saw the the tile the the, the tile yeah, for what the show on YouTube. Yeah. So, what is a hit? Yeah, Felix. We always kind of talk about this behind the scenes because Felix Felix is the shoot from deep guy. So he thinks if he has a guy get drafted, like uh, who was that? kicker turned tight end or whatever that played for the Vikings that he really talked oh, God, I don't know. The, the only tight end I remember him propping up is Tommy Tremble, our, our year yeah. one, and he got drafted like the fourth round by the Panthers yeah. and has done nothing since. So so Felix says that taking some of these really lowly, lowly rated guys and they get like drafted at all or even like in a moderately decent range, and that's a hit. Yeah. And some of us say, well, they're not good. So it can't be a hit. I think there's you know, kind of pro, you know, arguments to be made for, for both. I mean, what, what do you personally consider 
a hit mat as you do this. I don't know. It, it's so hard to, to clarify. And that's what I was going to wait till we talked about this discussion. Nathan brought up the got to remove Zach Wilson intro for this. No, we do not, Nathan, because never forget the essence of this show was built on Zach Wilson versus Justin Fields. And we were told Zach Wilson was going to be better. And, and he did get right. He was right that Zach Wilson got drafted ahead of Justin Fields. But if I'm looking at, so behind the scenes look here in our show sheet that Felix built for us and all the stuff he wanted us to talk about, he put Anthony Richardson going in the first and Jay Kaner going in the fourth as hits. I will give him Anthony Richardson. I, I do think Anthony Richardson's clearly a hit. Um, hey, I don't remember when he was, or I can't remember. He he talked about the ADP. He was going extremely late when, when Felix was propping him up. Zach Davidson, thank you, Luke. Uh, when he when he was talking about him, obviously, if you got him that late and he turns into a first round pick, that is a hit. Zach Wilson, in essence, I will say is a hit. I, I don't know because Zach Wilson is not a good quarterback. So if you're playing the value game, then yeah, he's a hit because you could have turned around and sold him. The problem is if you were listening to Felix, you would not have sold him because you would have believed that he is that dude. So like that's where like the the essence of the argument comes in for me. I do not think Jake Hayner is a hit. Number one, no. I feel like he was getting drafted fairly decently anyways, especially when Kalen DeBoer came over to Fresno State because people like the Kalen DeBoer offense. And then going in the fourth round, like, okay, so you've got a quarterback who might be a backup for a long time. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I do think it depends on what you're looking at. Like, obviously, I, I'll be honest. I think obvious, what you said about Bijan and JSN was a hit. Uh, Colin standing for Zach Charbonnet for three years, telling her four years, however long it's been, saying he was going to get day two draft capital. Well, he was proved right last Saturday. He says that about everybody, though. So, you know, That's if you true. just say it about everybody, eventually. Hey, 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 he's like Steph Curry out there, man. He's just dropping him <laughs> from everywhere. It's, you still get a hit every once in a while. Yeah, but I just I don't think Jake Hayner is. Uh, I, I just I don't know how to clarify a hit because I don't play the stock market value game that some people do in fantasy. So for me, the reason I've always said to him, I, th I think the reason this argument's come up is we've talked about before, he says Zach Wilson is a hit, and I say he isn't, is because Zach Wilson is not a good quarterback. When I want to pick a player and say, I think this player can do this, I'm picking them not only to be good in fantasy, but then to make it in the NFL and actually be on my rosters and do something, not play for a year and a half, and then now he's no longer in the league. But I do get the argument on the other side that like it is extremely hard for anybody to do that i mean to ask anybody i mean nfl gms get this wrong every year so to ask us to sit out here and be like oh hey i think zach wilson's gonna do this and then he ends up getting drafted in the second round like i, I what do you think i don't have a good answer for it i just i to me i just i go strictly i'll be honest i go strictly on gut feel i'm like yeah anthony richardson was a hit jay kaner was not and that's just kind of how i judge it it's whatever suits me in an argument at any given time okay, is like basically that. my answer. Um, it's kind of like the, what, what is it? The old Supreme court decision where they're talking about pornography and he says, you know, you don't have to define it. You know, you know it when you see it, I do think that kind of goes yeah. back to your point of it kind of being a gut uh, thing. It's, it, you know, you kind of have to look at it by a case in case, case to case basis. I think some of it has to do with initial value and then where the player ends up. I do think there's, there's merit to kind of having two tiers of a hit and just you know projecting any draft capital, which is obviously difficult. And, and part of what we want to do is, is projecting draft capital because um, that's projecting future value. You know, I think that's a hit. And I think the second tier above it, I think there's an argument to be made that 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 tier is for the players that actually end up being good. So like, you know, you hit tier one, but if you hit tier two, like that's 
that's really where you know, kind of the cash money is. I think for some of these guys, when you're talking about specific players, a player like Zach Wilson, I have a hard time calling him a hit because I think even though we saw his value appreciate over his senior season, I think it was still incredibly difficult to sell him, even though he went as the second overall player in the class, because I think so many people were skeptical. He had his truthers. He had his truthers. I don't even think once he got to the NFL, Felix was really a truther. Can we can we say that on this show? Like, yeah, he's I, not here anymore, so he's been out on on Wilson for a while now. Yeah, he he won't admit it publicly, but he stands for Justin Fields, which yeah. just makes my heart happy. But yeah, so I I don't I I think like you, you you there was there was value appreciation in air quotes because like he went in the second round of the NFL draft and he was in the NFL, but there was no value appreciation because. You can't sell them. It's like holding a stock that gets really expensive, but then you just can't sell it. You're just sitting there with the stock. It's like, well, the hell do I do with this? That's kind of Zach Wilson. And I think there are other players like that too. Um, so I think it's just, it is case by case. I, I really, really do think so. But I think, I think just being happy about projecting NFL draft value is not enough for what we are trying to do. And for yeah. the, the standard that we want to hold ourselves to. I think you obviously want to be trying to identify these guys who are actually good. I agree. So, I mean, but I think there, there's arguments to be made. And I agree with I, Hayner, Hayner is not a hit in my book. I think he's just kind of is what it is. And we talked about this. I, I tweet, he tweeted about it and I tweeted as well. You know, he, we, we may have been a little too low. He took a screenshot of us from like two years ago with where our rankings were. On Hayner, I think we all had him in like the 60s, the 70s, 80s, except for him and Alfred, which right away should have told him something was wrong. <laughs> and he had him as like QB 20. If you're taking a guy like Zach or like uh, like Jake Hayner as your QB 20, two seasons after that, he finishes the QB. I think I was actually correct. The QB 24 and the QB like 68. Yeah. So for fantasy, if you're playing a C2C, you got nothing out of that. And now he's a fourth round pick who probably hangs around the NFL a while and maybe makes us the pot start here or there, but that's really not that valuable of a player. So, yeah, I mean, if he makes a spot start, you're probably not starting him no. anyways. Right. So, yeah, it's almost, and I don't, I'm not going to say it's, it's almost worse. That's, that's such a bad way of putting it. But if you kind of had the choice, especially in like a campus to camp league where there is value accrual just from in the, in the short term from scoring, you know, fantasy points as a college yeah. fantasy player, it's almost worse to have a player that, you think was going to to be an asset on that side and they really aren't. And then they are not going to be a premium NFL asset than to just have a guy who ends up doing like you take a, a, a somewhat highly touted freshman and he ends up doing nothing yeah. because at least I know where I stand with that guy. And at least there was upside, you know, way up here at some, you know, potential at some point. Mm -hmm. I don't think that, that, that upside was ever there with Hayner. Like there's yeah. a limited ceiling there. There's, you know, he's an older guy. So I, I don't know that Hayner is a, a great example if he wants to choose one, but I'm sure he'll have a rebuttal drafted up uh, and, and he'll probably release it at some point over the next day or two. But I, oh, I, yeah. I, I, I just, I don't consider that a hit. I, I don't. And we, we both have examples of those players too. I think I'm a little less ride or die on guys. Like if I did, if I, okay, good, goodbye. I'll see you. So I, I don't know that I necessarily get attached to some takes like, like Felix does. And then, you know, you were forced to as well with, with some of your debates with Felix. Well, so, so let me, is Khalil Herbert a hit? Cause he was a guy. I don't think any that got drafted at all or in, in C2C leagues. I want to see how he does this year. 
Okay, that's fair. If he has a really good year, yeah, I'll, I think I'll call him a hit. Okay. Right now, I think he's a push. It's fair. It's fair. So, what about that, that's my Fields? opinion. Justin Fields a hit. Oh, <laughs> slam dunk, home run, whatever hole in one, whatever sports metaphor you want to use. Yeah. Felix uh, never has to be. I agree. I agree. Has to be. And Felix would say, oh, you mean the almost perfect recruiting score, Justin Fields? Wow. I was very difficult of you to choose that. Yeah. Yeah. Except for yeah. all those guys who bust with those perfect scores. But yeah, yeah, I got you. No, no worries. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do a little housekeeping here. Chris isn't here. We like to torment him with that. So I'll take care of it here. Uh, rate and reviews, guys. Subscribing to the YouTube page. All these little things that are free that help us out a lot. Boost us up the podcast charts. Obviously get our YouTube videos amplified. All of those things. Go ahead uh, and leave us a review. Leave us uh, subscribe here on the YouTube channel if you haven't done that. Like a video while you're watching it. Those little things. Uh, help us out a lot and obviously help uh, thank you to everybody who uh, is a member at c2c or has purchased a guide this week or or something like that you guys uh, obviously help us grow and um, we we are very very grateful for that uh, a ton of articles coming out this week draft recap stuff uh, justice has started digging into some some idp profiles so go ahead over to c2c those prof- those uh, those articles are all free you can go ahead check all of those out the podcast feed this week is bumping we got Campus Life. We've got two episodes of Chasing the Natty for you this week. Back to Debbie. The official is going to be out later this week, obviously, this show. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. Campus to Canton. Everything on there. You can go back and listen to old episodes. Uh, it's a grand old time. Check out the Better Sports Show over on BSN. Download their app. Uh, we go live, I believe, Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern now is when our show releases. Yep. Yeah. And then, obviously, obviously, in season, we, we, we do Saturday mornings to kind of preview uh, some of the shows. I think that's all the housekeeping we have. I think we sounds did about right. Cool. Okay. Well, we're not talking Colorado, so let's uh, let's just skip that. I've already okay. talked Colorado once this week, anyway. What I do want to talk to you about, though, Matt, is is some winners and losers from the spring. We've got, I think, all the games and and, and practices are over now. Is there a big winner? in your mind, whether that's a player, whether it's a team, you know, is there some, some winners to spring to your mind right away? So a, a sneaky one, I'll, I'll do one first and you can go. Cause I've, I've, tra- I've been trying to debate on who I want to go with big winners and losers here, but a sneaky one, a, a player that we, I believe our whole recruiting team was a big fan of Sam Levitt with Peyton Thorne transferring out. I, I I think he's a very sneaky big winner here because look, I like Kate Hauser. I think he's a good quarterback. I, I don't think he's better than Sam Levitt. And I definitely don't think Noah Kim is either. I think there's a realistic shot that if either one of those guys struggles, we might see Sam Levitt on the field for Michigan state. Now that Peyton Thorne's not there. Peyton Thorne had stayed. I would not have been surprised at all if Mel Tucker rode the whole season again with Peyton Thorne and never gave anybody another shot, but clearly they're trying to move on and, and start anew with that program. So Sam Levitt, I think is a sneaky big winner after spring with him transferring out. Yeah. I, I'm, I worry that he, they're going to ruin him if they put him in. That's possible. Like you just don't know how some of these guys are going to react when you kind of drop them in the pot of boiling water. You know, are they, what's going to happen here with them? I, I really, really worry about that. Cause they, Keon Coleman's in the portal. I, I don't think he's going to come back. That he was supposed to be their leading receiver. They are running backs. It's pretty thin. Now their whole team is thin. Yeah, their supposed good. 
top wide receiver now is is Antonio Gates Jr. So, I mean, obviously we've just gone through the Marvin Harrison Jr. experiment, and I think people are a little and Joey Porter Jr. Like I think we're a little we're we're hyped on some juniors right now. I don't. I think you're going to be disappointed <laughs> if you're hoping for Antonio Gates yeah. Jr. to fall in that category. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Um, he did have that one nice catch in the spring game. So I, I do worry about Levitt, you know, what, what, what exactly is going to happen there with him. But, you know, we got to see these guys out there eventually. If he's good, you know, you hope that he can kind of overcome it. Yeah. You would I think I, I think the biggest winner is in the guy that's like, relatively speaking, moved the most of my rankings is Carnell Tate. Yeah. I am. So Carnell Tate was the was my wide receiver six in the freshman class. Just behind uh, the guys he was behind, Jonte Cook, Mikai Lemon, Zachariah Branch, uh, Brandon Innes, his teammate, Jurion Dickey, and then him. So, like, the, the players that I had in front of him, all still very good players. I, I'm not, I don't feel bad that I had him at wide receiver six, but I will admit already that it was probably too low. I've jumped Carnell Tate the whole way up in Debbie to my wide receiver seven. My wide receiver seven. Ohio State. For all the crap we give them about some things, they don't they don't BS about how they feel about these freshmen. Like if they like them a lot, they'll tell you we like them a lot, and then they'll play them an amount that's you know commensurate with that level of excitement. Loses his black stripe first of anybody there, which means you know he he's you know officially a Buckeye or whatever. Yeah. Had a pretty good spring game. Had really good practices. IMG Academy kid, like ha- has NFL size, has NFL traits, NFL level athleticism. Harrison Jr. and Ekmekagbuka almost definitely gone after this year. I'm hoping and assuming Fleming is too. Like that, that's not. Will, there's yeah. not going to be a lot there. That class before them, we think we all know by now, they stink. I just think he's like the most slam dunk guy in the world right now. Him and John. I still think Jonte Cook's a little more slam dunk. I have I have Cook six for Debbie, and I have him seven. But, like, this is a guy that I think value is not even caught up to where he should be right now. Like, he's going – I see people yeah. saying, like, oh, I got him at, like, the 204 in my freshman draft. I'm like, holy shit. He should be, like, the 107. <laughs> so he's a guy that I just think was a total winner. Justice Haynes was, too, another freshman there at Alabama. I think he's, at worst, made himself very difficult to sit on the bench after this year. So, yeah, I, I think both those guys are huge winners. And shout-out to – Felix for having the RB2 and the composite. This is RB1 shooting from deep there, Felix. Good work. Yeah, yeah I like that. Uh, to, to stick with the Ohio State one, I, I think Ohio State overall is a big winner because of the three. Well, of course you do. Let me say why. Okay, because they brought in three offensive linemen from the transfer portal, all who were starters last year. I mean, we saw it in the in the spring game. Granted, you know, I don't know that they're going to be going up against players like Jack Sawyer and JT Tumaloao every single week when they go up against these, but those guys were wrecking that offensive line and, and really I think we're disrupting Kyle McCord and that entire offense to get three guys who are likely going to start right now. I think that's a big thing for whether I still believe it's going to be Kyle McCord, but if it's Devin Brown, whomever, whoever the starting quarterback is now to have a full starting offensive lineman of upperclassmen, which also then in, in return benefits the wide receivers as well to allow them time to get the ball and get open. So I, I think that they are big winners just on that side of things. Yeah, yeah, I I, I could see that argument. You know, I, I wasn't sure where you were going there, but of course, yeah, that's where I was going. 
We've got some some uh, some some names here in the chat. Est- uh, Audric Estime, running back at Notre Dame, was a winner. I think that's a good one. Logan Diggs, the other guy that was kind of splitting carries with him, is gone. He entered the portal, and then Chris Tyree, who was kind of the third head of that monster last year, he's now supposedly a slot guy. So uh, it's Estime, and then I, Jabran Payne, who I apparently have to be excited about now after this week's campus life. Um, Jeremiah Love. There's not a lot else there, so I think Estime is a big one. If you have him, do you, do you believe in estimates and NFL guy, Matt? I think he's going to get drafted day three. I, I just don't know that he's going to be, I mean, he's a hammer and, and NFL teams want a hammer. He, I, I don't know that he's ever going to be a guy. You're super enthused to start on any of your fantasy teams into the NFL, but he's a guy who probably gets drafted day three and someone will have on their roster. I want to talk a little bit too about Jace McClellan, who I think was a big a, a winner out of this yeah. spring a little bit. A guy that has kind of nibbled around the edges of the Alabama backfield, but for one reason or another, another never really been able to kind of wrap that job up. You know, he had he got injured. He had Jameer Gibbs transfer in. He's just had the mountain of talent in Alabama to climb. It's been a lot of different things working for him. At one point, I thought he would just end up being kind of a big receiving back because he really didn't look that great as a runner, but he. By all accounts, looked pretty good this spring. They barely gave him any touches in the spring game, which is like in a good way. Like they they they, they were resting him, and when they gave him, he got seven carries and he had like sixty yards. Like he was just consistently breaking off five, eight, ten, twelve yards. I, I think he's a guy that really still value is not caught up to where he's supposed to be either. I see him going around to like rounds five, four, five, six in C two C startups and in pretty deep in Debbie drafts too. And he's a guy that I think if he plays well at all this year. We're talking about a guy that probably goes the late second round of the NFL draft because he's a pretty yeah. damn good athlete and he's got a three down skill set. So, I mean, yeah. At worst, he's a day two pick. Like he yeah. goes in round three, which still matters, right? If you go in the, if you if you play the hit rate game of of running backs, wide receivers, you want those guys to go by no later than day two. So, yeah, I'm with you. He could be that RB four in the class. Like right now, I know all the talk is Edwards and Shipley. I think I'd take Jace over both of those guys. Oh. I think he's got a more well-rounded yeah. skill set and, and and the bigger bag. So I think I'd take him pretty easily over those two. Um, Jaden Greathouse is probably a big winner. We didn't mention he's a yeah. guy we. Uh, I think as a collect like. We were all very high on him to start with because of his play, but then like his athletic testing, I feel like we all kind of like. At least I know I did. I had him as a tier one wide receiver early on. I'm pretty sure. I know David did as well. And then we all kind of slowly faded him a little bit. Not much, but we still kind of faded him. And then he goes out there. I mean, he's probably going to start, it sounds like, from Notre Dame and having a quarterback like Sam Hartman. I know struggled a little bit early on, but I think he'll be fine once they get into the season. I mean, he has a chance to really blow up. Still question what his NFL future is. But, I mean, even if he stays for four years at Notre Dame, probably going to be a decent CFF asset for you, you would hope. So, I mean, that he's probably a big riser that I was not expecting. He was one of the freshmen I thought, you know, would not, he wouldn't be in fear of uh, being a year one zero because of how bad that, that depth chart is at wide receiver. But I did not expect him to like be that good this early. A couple other guys that I think, you know, we, we try our best not to speak in absolutes with a lot of these things, especially when a guy's like sitting for a year and you're kind of guessing, you know, well, after this guy leaves, he's probably the guy because you can get, you can get burned on that. I mean, Chase McClellan is the, the poster child for that there with Gibbs coming in. Uh, but I, I think the, the uh, Lenora Sellers, Aiden Child Springs are both very encouraging for them too. And especially because they're both at schools that I think, 
know, South Carolina does have Dante Reno coming in next year, who I think is a, a, a very good uh, quarterback. I saw him live last year, but they, these are schools that are, they're not going to get an Aiden Childs or, or a Lenora Sellers every year, probably not even every two or three years. So I think both of those guys have a really nice opportunity for a couple of years to be uh, starters at their programs that are both, you know, power five schools and decent, decent conferences. I, I think both those guys, especially at current value are, are, are very underrated. So I, I like both of those guys too. Yeah. And I mean, if you want to bet on, you know, I know it feels like I, I listened to uh, the last, was it the last show? I missed the two, the last two shows. So maybe it was two shows ago, the Lenora Seller show. It yeah. feels like Felix is definitely going to, plant his flag on like Lenora Sellers being like the next Anthony Richardson type thing. No, uh, he said he's not the next Anthony Richardson. Oh, that did was, he? Maybe uh, Chris and that. I both said yes. He said no. Okay. So. That, that's just because he's downplaying. He wants you guys to fade him a little bit and then he'll be like, remember when? But uh, I think, uh, you know, with him and Childs, the rushing upside you have from those guys, like even if they stay four years in school, I, I think there's a shot. Sellers probably doesn't play this year because of Rattler, but like I do think there's a chance that Child sees some game action this year. So like, yeah, it, it, the both those guys amazing springs and and two guys that we were both very high on too in the freshman guy that I don't think a lot of the I I know Child's got loved late by twenty four seven sports, but like when we were talking about him, he was not ranked anywhere near where he ended up being for twenty four seven sports. Um, I don't remember where they had Sellers, but I know we were all fairly high on him as well. Sellers was like my QB eight when he was like the QB 80 and he was committed to Syracuse. Yeah. yeah I really liked him. And I, I hadn't watched a couple of other guys, so I can't pat myself too hard on the back for that. He didn't. And he finishes my QB 13 or 12, I think. Um, but I, I mean, yeah, I, I think both those guys are in great situations yeah. uh, overall. Uh, losers, I think are kind of sometimes more fun to talk about. Cause quite honestly, I'm a hater and I like kicking people when they're down. <laughs> um <laughs> Big losers for you, Matt, out of this spring. I mean the the Michigan, the obviously, because if uh, Ohio State was a winner, then Michigan's a no, loser. No, Michigan should be. I'm sure they'll be fine. Uh, the free bingo square is obviously Alabama's quarterback room. Yeah. Um, I mean Ty Simpson, Jalen Milrow. While I still, I, I'm not on the bandwagon that they went and got Ty Buckner because he's going to come in and be the starter. Like if he was better than what we've seen him be maybe i would follow that narrative but i don't think he's much better than jalen milrow i i think he's a version of jalen milrow and ty simpson so i still think it's going to be a battle in the fall it's one we're definitely going to have to watch now because i thought it was really going to come down to those two but to me they are the clear losers i i, I don't see how anyone else could be i, I don't want to say as bad a loser as them but i feel like that's kind of a it's a big blow i mean look i I was, I, I'm, I'm going to say this. I was the lone dissenter on Ty Simpson. I was, I'm going to pull Felix. I was mocked and ridiculed for having him in the 60 range at QB. And I feel like I'm going to end up be proven right on him. I just don't think that he's that talented. And I really worry about what one of those, I am actually su surprised neither one of those guys transferred. And I'll be very curious to see if one of them does in the fall, which is going to, my guess it would be Milro because he's he has less eligibility and that's really going to screw him because he's not playing this year. So maybe he red shirts and he gets that next year of eligibility. Where does he go? I don't know, but it, it's going to be probably the number one team we're watching now this fall with with the transfer of Buckner. So yeah, they're the number one losers for me. Yeah, it's such a mess. If you have a three man quarterback competition going into the fall, yeah. 
it's not great. And I still don't think Bama's in trouble necessarily because I think if they just want to be a total yeah, power yeah. rushing team this year, I think they can do that and still be fairly successful at it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's not great that you have three guys kind of, and like, I think the other thing that's a little concerning if you're an Alabama fan or a fan of one of the two quarterbacks that they brought in this year, what Holstein and Lonergan are the yeah. two guys that they yeah. brought in for how poorly supposedly, or at least, you know, not transcendentally the, the quarterbacks on the roster uh, above them have played this spring. You're not hearing a peep about either of them as guys that like, Oh, well, he looked really good in practice. Maybe, you know, we, maybe we can sneak him in there. Like I, we, we here at C2C thought we're, we're significantly lower on both of them than the services were. And I think, I think they, I would be shocked again, I, you know, if, if they played meaningful snaps there for Alabama, either of those guys, I think they've just not, they've whiffed on a couple of these guys over the past couple of classes. And it, it happens sometimes. I mean, you're not guaranteed to have a star. I think it what makes what Lincoln Riley seems to do every year even more impressive there where he always seems to kind of find the right guy, Spencer Rattler, notwithstanding. But I, I think that's an interesting uh, part of, of that equation too. Well, I think the name that you just brought up is, is a key thing though, for the Saban thing in now, obviously it's very hard to find Lincoln Riley's, but he hasn't had that offensive coordinator in a while now. Who was the last one? It was Sark. And who did they get? Mac. Well, I think Mac Jones came in before Sark got there. But I know Sark was a, was one of the guys who was heavy on recruiting Tua and getting him to come to Alabama. Like, he hasn't had that guy. And I don't know that Tommy Reese is going to be that guy either. So, I mean, they've got Julian Sand and Yeah, I wanted to ask you about Sand. I'm not I'm not a either. Huge fan. No. But I think he's he has a chance to probably be the best one of the group just because of his – I think he's got a very safe floor. I think he's a very good game manager. I don't think he's got a strong arm. I don't think he's special at all. But he's better than the two they brought in this year. I think he's a much better passer than Milrow and Simpson. So, like – but you're probably not starting him as a true freshman. So, like, I, I would not be surprised if by this time next year they're bringing in some big name from the port. And, and that's going to be their starting quarterback in 2024 with the expanded playoff and everything. That would be my guess right now where Alabama's heading, which is crazy to say. Oh, and they tried this year. Yeah. They just, it just didn't work out for them, supposedly twice. Yeah. Supposedly with a certain North Carolina quarterback and supposedly with Tyler Van Dyke. So, yeah. um, you know, it, uh, they definitely tried and they ended up with Buckner. So, um, you know, all around not great there. I think there are a couple second-year players that I think are big losers because their injuries seem to have impacted them more than we had hoped initially. And I think Adam Randall and Travante Citizen are two guys that both come to mind. I don't remember if we had Randall as a tier one freshman in he last did. year's guy. We did? Okay. Yeah, I think Alfred may have my guide him because I know I'm almost positive toward the end of the process, you had converted most of the people to be more Antonio Williams. Because if I'm remembering correctly, I think big wide receiver guy was Adam Randall first, and then he came around to Antonio Williams. I know Alfred was a big Adam Randall guy. He was in our tier one. I think I'm almost positive. I hate saying this statement out loud. I'm almost positive the two wide receivers that ended up at the back end of our tier one were both my guide in, and it was Adam Randall for Alfred. And it was TJ Allen for me. So that was why they both ended up. In Allen was not tier one. I went back and looked. He wasn't. Okay. No. I thought he made tier one. So no, we, we must not let you do that. Um, probably for good reason. That um, was a great reason. Yeah. Great job on your guys. Part. Uh, I, I liked him a lot too. Yeah. I think Randall, you know, it's, 
it's just unfortunate with some of these guys. And I think with modern medicine and modern science, we kind of just assume that unless it's an Achilles or uh, what is it like a, a PCL or what's the the knee one that's like catastrophic. Oh, no, so where you where you completely tear. Yeah, it? it's like it's yeah, awful. You, yeah. yeah, like you never come back. I, I, it happened to Victor Cruz, and he was like never the well, same. Well, technically afterward. happened to it technically happened to Nick Chubb. And he came back from it. He tore Did his he? meniscus, MCL, and I don't think he tore his PCL, but it was his MCL, ACL, and meniscus. That's why I faded him coming out. I was all Darius Geis over Nick Chubb back then. Yeah, he. Dude, he I was I was Geis too. Destroyed yeah. his knees. So. Yeah. And who knew Geis was well? Geis also destroyed his knees and was also a piece of human garbage. Um. Yeah. So, um, tough, tough to to get some of these ones right. Um. But yeah, I mean, we just assume all these guys are going to be okay. And I yeah. think for the most part. You know, most guys are, but I mean, even like uh, the offensive tackle formerly of the Titans, who's doing that, who just announced he's doing that lawsuit against the doctor that did his ACL, uh, Taylor Lewin. Oh yeah, he, he's been he's because he, he struggled to get back. Yeah, yeah, he he said the doctor the, the doctor botched it. And it's not always the doctor messes it up, but for those two guys, I mean, it sounds like Randall had a second procedure. And I don't know the doctor botched his, but I think I think Clemson rushed him back too fast. I right. think they for very little return on the field. I, I don't really understand why they did that. And I think we pretty were vocally questioning it at the time. Uh, and then Trevante citizen who wasn't back this spring either. And his sounded like a fairly routine injury last year, but it seems to be lingering a little bit. So those are two guys, you know, I hung on with the news, hung on with the news and not just, I have citizen down at my RB 38 for Debbie. And, and I, I haven't wide receivers, my last position that I have to completely fix, but I'm getting close on it. And I have Adam Randall as my wide receiver 30. Like, I just, I don't know that I can invest heavy capital in either of those guys anymore if you have them i think they're a sell or a hold unless you can find somebody that's going to pay you a pretty penny for them but it's it's unfortunate that both those guys just sound like they we, we might not really see what the either of those guys can do because of the injuries in year one yeah i mean uh andrew paul i think you can throw in that group too i mean yeah. he, he's a guy that i i was really hoping I, I talked about it earlier this year like i I was hoping he would transfer out because i feel like he has the ability to be a starter somewhere i haven't heard anything about him from the Georgia camps. It was no. all already about Roger Robinson. I don't know that I ever even mentioned Andrew Paul's name. So yeah, he's another one. Maybe he'll transfer out in the fall and we'll get a chance to see him at some point. But yeah, he's, he's another one with that injury. I think I would count as a loser. Yeah. Yeah. We've got some other losers in uh, the chat here as well. Uh, let's see here. This is a good one. Zachary Franklin, a big loser by transferring from UTSA. Yeah. We'll see where he lands. I, I'm going to withhold judgment. I mean, I don't think he'll produce, Anywhere where he goes as much as he was going to. But if he goes somewhere a little higher profile, that could be good for him. I've heard I've heard a rumor of where he might be going, and I oh. don't hate it. Where's the, what's the rumor? Oregon. That's, that's not the rumor I thought you were going to say, and I was going to say we can't say that on the show. Oh, no, no. Oregon. Okay. Oregon. There's okay. been a lot. There's been rumors that Will Stein is trying to get him to follow him to Oregon. I don't think that'd be a bad fit with the way they pass it. Bo Nix, they're, they're going to pass it a lot. I mean, Ted, I don't know if anybody watched the Oregon spring game. It was a spring game, and they had Bo Nix throw the ball 52 times in a spring game. Opposite of Troy Franklin. I mean, I don't, I mean they've got, I don't know, was it Tez, Tez Johnson. Johnson followed him over there, or Tez Johnson went over there. They've got somebody else there, but like I think Franklin would probably start right away. Him and him and Troy Franklin, might, the Franklins might actually be a lot of fun to watch in Oregon. Yeah, who's, that, who's that? Who's um... that? Kyler Casper, is that who it was that came in last year? Yeah, yeah. Uh, was never high on that guy, and he's never going to play there. Yeah, no, get, yeah he played with like Franklin. the second team, yeah. everything that I saw the whole time. Yeah, so. it's, there, there's very little chance of that. Yeah. Um, loser Nussmeyer, I, I don't agree because I think uh, 
he should be somewhere playing, but he's going to have that LSU job because, quite frankly, they don't have anybody behind him right now. So I think that's uh, that's an interesting one. Um, the other one I see here, uh, Malik Murphy, a loser. I disagree with that, and and only for one reason. I know it's this is I'm going all I'm going like strictly like black voodoo here. You go back through Texas's history of starting quarterbacks, they get injured quite often. I mean, all the way back to the Colt McCoy in the national championship oh, against Alabama days. Shed a tear. Yeah, I mean, even Quinn last year missed multiple games. If Quinn at all gets hurt and Malik Murphy comes in and plays extremely well, like I don't think he's taking the job away from Quinn, but he's auditioning for another job. Or maybe he I doubt that he beats out Arch, but like I don't think he's a loser. I, I don't know where he would have transferred to this spring that was really looking for a starting quarterback outside of Alabama. Like that was really the only place I think he could have gone to raise his, his stock right now. So I personally don't think he's a loser. You stay for another year, continue developing under Sark, and then maybe you go somewhere next year and, and do something. Yeah. I don't know where he goes. I think I saw if, if we had this, I don't think we ever talked about this on the show, but Felix was clamoring for him to go to Florida Murphy. I, don't I know where I a, would. I don't think he's an SEC quality quarterback. I think if you send him to either. Florida, he just gets exposed immediately. There's one place I would love for him to go, and I think Ohio would State. Be, no, no, no. They got where? Devin Brown and Lincoln Washington. Big hmm. arm quarterback, mobile with Kalen DeBoer. They're gonna have a gap once Penix leaves. I don't think Austin Mack. That dude's like what 17 years old. I don't think he's gonna be yeah, ready to step young. in next year. Send Malik Murphy up there with Kalen DeBoer. I mean, he's got the big arm, mobile. Like, I, I think it'd be a great fit. I don't know what their weapons are going to look like next year, but. I think their weapons will be okay. They bring back Polk, Makai Polk. They bring back Jeremy Bernard. Tayshaun Lyons. And Tayshaun Lyons. I think they brought in one other guy, too. Um, but, yeah, I'm not actually that worried about their wide receivers moving forward. I mean, obviously, there's they're, they're mostly unproven as full-time starters. But Jeremy Bernard, one of hashtag my guys oh, yeah, and the Debbie guide. Um, yeah, I, I'm a pretty big believer in him. So. Um, overall interesting there. Uh, any other losers, winners here, Matt? Oh, no. He can't be. He's not seen on the screen, so nobody can. Nobody even knows he's here. Oh, no, and now he's muted. So oh, and he's muted. He's, oh, no. People don't even know he's here. Uh, look at it. So I'll, I'll set oh, it up. So can come thank me. Thank me. Thank me. Oh, Austin, Matthew, it's really uh, your pleasure for having me here. What's what's going on? How, you guys how much are, of that did you not, hear? What'd you say? How much of that did you hear? Or, I didn't no, hear anything. No, okay, good, good. Okay, cool. Then, then we followed the show sheet to a T. We didn't go off yeah. scripts. We didn't say anything about you. Anthony right. Richardson was a hit. I, I don't know. It is a hit. It is a hit. It is. When you can draft somebody. Why'd you have to do this, Austin? You had to round In the 10th round of a C2C where I was getting him, and he becomes the fourth pick overall in the nfl draft that is absolutely a hit please rate and review the show campus to can whatever you get your podcast tell me that was a hit let us know in the comments subscribe to the channel that was a hit that was a hit and it is ups if you had any other take other than that being a hit then i can't help you because it absolutely is a hit it is a hit and and quite frankly youtube you should be ashamed of yourself i guess you'll have to listen to the show tomorrow once it's out to to hear what we had to say about whether anthony you know what i don't need to listen to the show to know that you two didn't give me an ounce of credit i know both of you i don't need to be so disappointed i'm gonna listen anything you didn't give me an ounce of credit it absolutely was a hit i shoot from deep anthony it's so you know you want to tout bryce young and cj stroud that's easy 
Let's That's see if he says the name. Find, Let's see if he says go the name. Go find Jake Hayner. Yes. Go find Jake Hayner. Go find Anthony Richardson. Go find Ramondre Stevenson. Go find Jamison Williams. I'm trying to say all the names. I don't know. Uh, no, <laughs> you didn't say the one that I was hoping. I was hoping you'd say Zach Davidson. We talked about Zach Davidson. Zach yeah, Davidson. Yeah, I forgot about Zach Davidson. Zach Davidson. <laughs> Zach Davidson was a hit too. That guy played deep, deep two football, didn't even play the year before he declared for the NFL draft. If it was a fourth round draft pick, that is a hit. Anthony Richardson was a hit. And I, you know what? I deserve an apology. I'll wait. Davidson, uh, I think so. We 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 went the uh, it's like pornography, you know, when you see it yeah. uh, route on defining a hit, Felix. And I don't know uh, that. Clarify. I don't Davidson think Davidson would have fallen into yeah. that category for us. But you'd be listen to the show tomorrow. Yeah, you'll you be, be surprised, surprised to, to hear to hear the guys that we gave you credit for. Speaking of, we didn't even upload the show last week. It to didn't the podcast save. Feed. It didn't save. No, yeah, it never got uploaded. Didn't save, folks. If the show's never up uploaded, please just go to the YouTube page. Excuse me, I keep burping. Please drinking? just go to the YouTube. No, I've been drinking like tea. I'm, something's wrong with my throat. Go to the YouTube page and thank you, main event. I see your comments in the chat. I get my 15 minutes because you know if I was on the show to start, we would have had Petty Felix to start. We would Petty Felix would have been. In this place. That's why I insisted on having that discussion when you weren't here. So that I should have, I should have cut up all the doubt and the things and the teasing that you guys did of me for touting Anthony Richardson for the last. I I would have to go listen to Campus Life and bring. I this is what I remember, Austin and Matthew. I remember the first year that we went to the expo. That was 2021. Mm-hmm. 2021, I'm I'm getting to the expo, listening to my in my ears, listening to campus life. And who do I have making fun of me other than Austin and Colin talking about my love for Anthony Richardson and how he's not going to be this and he's not going to be that? What is he? He's the number four pick in the draft with Michael Pittman Jr., Alex Pierce, Josh Downs, Jelani Woods. Oh, what would you want for a quarterback who's allegedly inaccurate? How about catch radius? 6'4", 6'5", 6'3", Josh Downs in the backfield. Oh, and he can turn around and hand the ball to Jonathan Taylor. Okay. Can we can we remove the, like, allegedly inaccurate? He's inaccurate right now. doesn't mean it won't be better. Okay. But, All right. yes, you okay. it's a great landing spot. It really is. What else are you all talking about? Well, I think that's going to do it for tonight's show. We were literally right at the end as soon as yeah. you popped in. So uh, we, we just finished talking losers, losers and winners. That's going to do it for tonight's show, guys. Apologies to Kirk Herbstreet. We ran out of time because this guy had to barge his way on stage here, but we will get him rescheduled until next week. Felix Sharp, sort of, Matt Bruning, Austin Nace, good night and good luck. Boom. I think you'll like my spot for uh, Malik Murphy. Are we? Oh, uh, yeah. I love we'll Are we doing an after show? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I mean, you just You know, I know if listen, if Matthew is not here, things on the back end of the show just don't go right. Stuff doesn't get uploaded, doesn't get recorded. The after show, the last time Matthew was here, was not uploaded. Oh yeah, I didn't do that. So do you know what you know what we did figure out happened last week? I know what happened. So I we, told you guys. Yeah, we recorded at the same time as somebody else was recording. I think it was the official actually. Uh And so we were under the the threshold for like memory bank in the back. Uh And then both shows went at the same time and they ended first. (laughs) So they fell under the threshold (laughs) and we were like 0.2 hours over. And we were like, no. 
because it didn't so what, even give us the option to download it after. Yeah, if what if did you, we do? Did we did we just buy another package or did we? No, you just have to delete just, shows. The problem is nobody does it but me and Colin. So and I don't want to delete shows. How, well, you, I guess you, you have to go back just, and it just like deletes like your ability to go download the audio. Yeah, yeah. I have all of YouTube the audio for Campus Life yeah, saved yeah, yeah. for the past three years. Yeah, so. yeah. It gets like I have all the Debbie debates saved on my computers. I have to download. You just delete it. Deletes them at a stream yard, so they're not saved. Yeah. You only get a certain amount of. So we still. It's like. Okay, we still have them. They're still on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, they never YouTube get, and not yeah, podcast off the pod, Yeah, it's just deleting the audio off StreamYard because you can only have a certain amount of saved on there. Who are your losers? We named a lot of people. Uh, a bunch Comical. of the Comical. players who got injured last year. Comical. The Alabama Comical. quarterback room. Kyle McCord. Matt, Matt had the goal. I said, who was a winner? And Matt to, goes, to Ohio winner. State. I didn't say Kyle McCord though. I said because of the offensive line. That's not it. That's not an unfair statement. They and brought I, in three high-end offensive Tate. offensive yeah. linemen. Yeah. Well, I was only Cal- piggybacking off you. I wasn't going to say them at first. I gave you a different answer. Yeah. Then you brought Carnell Tate, and I was like, oh yeah, they brought in all those offensive linemen. Had either of you um, done done a freshman draft yet? A real one? I did an auction. I haven't done like a linear one yet. <sighs> yeah, me neither. I think our first. I just one, did a mock. First one will be the GM League, which starts yeah. in a week. I'm really curious because I'll be in a lot of freshman drafts, and I don't know where else where people get their content from regarding like who to take. So, like, are people going to take um, Arch Manning, what like number one overall? Are people going to yes. take like Nico Iamalieva, like at 107? Like the, you know, who's gonna fall to the second round that shouldn't like is is like is I don't know I'm trying to think of somebody off like Deuce Robinson is Deuce Robinson gonna go in the first round in some in some Probably. league that I'm in like that's that I just I just really I'm anxious to see that. It seems I like so. it seems like uh, um, one of the three big wide receivers usually falls too, and my big three wide receivers at this point, and I I don't think it's gonna change our, our Cook John Branch Tate Cook Branch Tate yeah. And it seems like one of those guys usually falls. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously in a couple of their different communities, and someone was talking about their freshman draft. And I mean, I saw Shador Sanders go at two two in one of them. Oh, so, really? Yeah, yeah. that's a, it's kind of a reach in my opinion. For anybody still listening, if you have a freshman draft, like you should have your commissioner open up fan tracks as early as possible, and you should be working on your queue. I've been working on one queue for like. Two, I got 85 players in there, and I'm not done yet. Like, it will be – like, the biggest mistake you can make is getting into the fifth round and say, oh, shit, that player was still available. Like, it'll be some player like um, like Joe like Joe Milton. I think Joe Milton is a viable CFF mm-hmm. option this year. And, like, a lot of people may not realize that he is available and he's a, a starter just to throw, you know, one name out there. Or, like, Kavorian Barnes or somebody like that. There are, de- like, Debbie players, too. I don't want to say those names because I don't want them to somebody to add them to their queue. But Debbie guys too, not just CFF guys. So, I mean, that happened to me last year in the C two C Invitational. I thought Quinshawn had gone, so I stopped looking for him, and then he got drafted in like the fourth round by like I think either Froton or Greg Brandt took him, and I was like, "Son of a bitch, how did I let that guy fall and not take him?" I remember Austin made fun of me because I took Quinshawn. In the eighth round of a rookie draft, a refreshment draft. Uh, no, that was a startup. I was like, it was a startup. Start oh, it was yeah. a startup. Oh, it was a yeah. startup. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I, I mean, wh- who else would I take around here? Like, I'm 
we I thought we liked the player. We did. Uh, I was lower than our group yeah. on him. I had him like top fifteen or whatever by the end of the cycle, but I we had him as RB seven, I think, in our guide. I did not have him RB seven. I love when we see new people in the chat. Like main, Shane is always here. Luke is always here. But main event is a name. And Nathan, thanks for Nathan. Nathan's here a lot. But Baylor Barrow won and main event. I've never seen those guys. Ma- main event's around, been so. in here a few times. Oh, okay. Shane is asking about if I'm going to the t- Kentucky Derby. No, I'm not going to the Kentucky Derby. But I did go to Keeneland, which is the track in Lexington, uh, last Friday. Whew. Man, I was supposed to do – listen, this is inside stuff. I was supposed to do a radio appearance, a real radio appearance on Friday evening. I forgot what going to the track is like, and there's just like – there's just no way that you can do it. At the time that I was supposed to do that radio appearance – um. Well, let's just put it this way. Yeah, let's just put it this way. I did not drive my car home. My car, like I had to take an Uber to go get my car the next day. Not to Lexington. I left it somewhere else. So uh, anyway, Austin stepped up for me. How did that go, by the way? Did it go well? I thought it went really well. I didn't embarrass myself, so that was big. It was uh, was on Sirius XM. It's been a dream of mine to go on Sirius XM someday. So I thought that was really cool. We knew that this would come. Yeah, I mean, I, it was really exciting. It was very nerve wracking at the time because I really didn't have like mental prep time. Like it was kind of just you're going in, like you know, good luck, buddy. And I was like, oh, well, I I text you at what like three o'clock? Four I, o'clock? I I literally when I have one of those things that I've never done before, I want like a day or two a to day. just kind of think about it. You, you know, are like you know, kind of like you, you you make like those planned things yes. sound unplanned if you like rehearse them in your head enough. And right, right. So I I would have wanted to do more research on the show I was going on. Like I, I know who they are. I know what they talk about. But like right their you know rep you know their rapport with each other so there was stuff like that but ah you're fine it, it I appreciate worked out fine, you, so. i appreciate you stepping in what is woodford reserve it's a bourbon it is a bourbon what it what is it shane i'm shane, i'm sorry people are going to listen to this late shane is asking in the chat what is woodford what is it woodford reserve are you asking what was i drinking at the track i they, at, at so at Churchill Downs, everyone knows there's the mint julep. At Keeneland, there's something called the I forgot what there they also have a signature drink there that comes in a you know decorative cup, and I forgot what it's called. Interesting. Are you gonna watch the Kentucky Derby? Are you gonna bet on it? Um I'm not gonna bet on it. I don't know. I might watch, I don't know. I've got plans that day, so it'll be a fun day. I'm going to dinner the night before. That'll be fun. You guys got a lot of engagement. Please subscribe to the channel. What else do I need to say before I give up the microphone? I think I said everything I want to say about Anthony Richardson. Mocked and ridiculed. Mocked and ridiculed. For we, real we, this time. We really saw the heavy guy hard, too, while you were gone, Felix. So Good. Good. If I were to go and pull all the audio from us having arguments about Anthony Richardson, that show in and of itself would be what an hour long. If I just oh, longer if than I, that, I think. just, I mean, it would be, it would be, 
It would be that long. I wouldn't even know. Like I went to the show sheets and I just, I went to Google Docs and I typed in Anthony Richardson to see our show sheets where his name came up. I, I mean, I'd be here all day if I tried to actually cut together all of the audio from the Anthony Richardson discussion. Yeah. I hope that some of you listened to me and that you drafted him in the 10th round of startups or whenever you can take him because we've been having this conversation for two years. And this was the first class that we saw through like the whole way, because we started this podcast in November of 2020. Mm-hmm. Is that right? November of 2020. Mm-hmm. So that freshman class had just started Bijan, Jameer Gibbs, all these guys. And we had been talking about this class for the, for the last yeah, because our first show was about the Big Ten coming like coming back to play or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Another hoping Shane adds some guys are drafting Richardson before Young and Stroud. I mean, I don't think that that's – so I don't think that that's a, there's a problem with that. I do think that you're swinging for a higher ceiling, but I think we're underselling how good Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud could be in the running game that we're I not think really it's- considering. I really think it's between Bryce and Anthony Richardson. Yeah. As like which I would you want to take out. first? Because I went on I went on um rookie fever and Bryce Young was my guy that I talked about this year. And I you know, I, I think I painted a pretty good picture, you know, of all the quarterbacks in this year's class, he was uh as aggressive, if not more aggressive than anybody else with more big time throws with f- basically fewer turner the worthy plays. So like he he was aggressive, but the most safe. And he was also one of the least sacked, like just a, a smart guy. I get swinging for the fences, but I think I, Stroud scares me because I think the Texans don't know what they're doing. Like not in his evaluation, but what they're going to put around him and the coaching staff that they're going to consistently have there. Like Houston, it just scares the crap out of me right now. Well, I mean, I think Stroud, out of those three, he his fantasy upside is going to come from volume passing, and I don't know you're getting that from a defensive-minded head coach with a bad offensive line and bad weapons, at least right now. Well, and if you look at the schematic fit, so they got uh, – I can't remember the dude's name, but he was the 49ers passing game coordinator. And so when I think about the 49ers, it's like moving pockets, wide zone, play-action boot. And to me, C.J. Stroud is more comfortable just taking a three- or four-step drop yeah, and firing. He's, like he – we don't – yeah. Of the three, he's the worst he's throwing the least, on right, the run. On the run, yeah, he right. is not good throwing. On the I run. think he would be. I think we undersell like how athletic he could be. But when I think of like what I would be comfortable with him doing, it's not moving like running in a moving pocket and throwing on the run. Yeah, you know, yeah, no. kind of the yeah. So, yeah. Luke says he's going to join us in Canton. Are we going to Canton? Let's yeah, have I gotta a show start, meeting right now. I gotta start planning for that. It's just we we talked, we did a little, you know, peel the curtain back at the beginning of the show. We've been do we've been writing guides for the last five and a half months, and that's basically yeah. been well, not only that, we've been focusing our energy on other things that hopefully will be announced soon. Yeah. That we've been meeting about, but we've been we have been re- like reinvesting in the website. Not and that's not like just word speak word. What's the phrase? That's not a. I don't know what the phrase I'm looking for, but it, we're actually doing it. Is lip service? Not yeah, lip service. Thing. That's not just lip service. Thank you, Matthew. Right. We are actually reinvesting in the in the website, hoping to make it the, the something that's unparalleled 
in the space unparalleled no volleying are you trying to say are you trying to say goodbye austin is 